0: This is Stinky Lulu Says, and a regular podcast about contemporary theater. My name is Brian Herrera, and I'm Stinky Lulu. I'm also a theater professor, and I see a lot of shows, and Stinky Lulu Says is the place where I get my say about what I see. In this installment, episode number two, Stinky Lulu has something to say about... Daphne's Dive by Chiara Alegria Hudes. Directed by Thomas kale as presented by New York's Signature Theater in April, May, and June of 2016. One of the great pleasures and privileges of being a regular theater goer in New York City is the opportunity to see incredible actors do their thing in parts large and small, in productions large and small, at venues all around the city. One of the things that was so fun and cool and stimulating about Get Who This Is, Daphne's Dive, was the incredible ensemble of actors that came together to tell this this beautiful and poignant and pensive story about how families are constituted in all kinds of expected and unexpected ways. The play is an ensemble piece that travels through time, um, beginning roughly in the early 1990s continuing up until say just before the 2000s Almost every one of the scenes centers in Daphne's Dive, a corner bar in North Philly where a woman named Daphne keeps the rent paid by slinging cheap drinks and a lot of Heineken to a, a bunch of regulars. What the play chooses to focus on is the six or seven or eight folks who really constitute the heart of the bar. At the heart of the bar is Daphne, played here by Vanessa Aspiaga, and also Daphne's sister Inez, played by Daphne Ruben Vega, her husband Acosta, played by Carlos Gomez, as well as artist Pablo, played by Matt Saldivar, and Biker Ray, played by Gordon Joseph Weiss. Two guys who don't really seem to have regular jobs, but seem to find a way to be around and keep the bills paid anyway. Rounding out this ensemble is The Incredible Jen, uh, a street performer, activist, and artist known for speaking truth to power and wearing outlandish outfits that she crafted herself. And then holding the other part of the orbit of Daphne's dive is, is Ruby, Daphne's adoptive daughter. And the play begins as Ruby comes into Daphne's life as literally a thrown away child at 11 years old. Daphne takes this child in and ultimately comes to be her adoptive mother. Ruby's life beginning at age 11 defines the arc of the play. Actress Samiro Wiley plays Ruby from ages 11 to 29, and each of the play's six scenes begins with Wiley in a spotlight announcing her age. I am 11, I am 15, I am 20, I am 25, I believe the last age is 29. In each of those moments, that charting of time marks the longevity of these relationships. We assume there are other people in the bar, but none of them matter, because at the heart of the bar is this constellation of people who define the bar even when they are not there. And it's really with this passage of time that the extraordinary chops of this ensemble of actors is revealed. Samira Wiley has the most conspicuous transformation in that she goes from a vulnerable child of 11 to a confident 15 to a empowered college student of 20 to a lost quarter-life crisis 25-year-old and then a young woman approaching 30 and uh, who's beginning to get her feet under her. Samira Wiley executes this art with a deft grace. I mean, it's, it's really testament to Samira Wiley's extraordinary gifts as an actor that you don't doubt that she's 11, you don't doubt that she's 15, you don't doubt that she's 20, 25, and 29. All of the performances are extraordinary, but in some ways the subtler transformations occur in the characters who begin as adults and move into middle age, and it's there that one of the great assets of this production, the performance that really sank my soul, was that of Vanessa Aspiaga in the title role of Daphne. Vanessa Aspiaga is a fixture on the New York theater scene, especially in the Latino theater circuit. One of the things about theater, as an audience member, is your eye can go anywhere, and you can watch a performance that isn't at center stage. The camera isn't training your gaze. The lights might do it, the staging might do it, but really, you can look wherever you want. And that is one of the great pleasures of an ensemble piece like this, because you can look at any of the faces, any of the bodies, any of the presences on stage, and there's really vivid work going on among all of these actors. Vanessa Aspiaga, she's literally behind the bar for a good portion of the show. She is stalwart, the strong one, compared to her flashier, more flamboyant, more economically successful sister Inez, played exuberantly and by Daphne Rubin-Vega, Aspiaga's Daphne is a rock. She's solid, and in some ways she's stifled. She holds it all together, and you can see the toll that that takes on her, even as a relatively young woman. But the thing that really moved me about watching Vanessa Aspiaga's performance was when I saw her her in the first scenes, in which I'm assuming Assuming she's probably in her later 20s, I could see the older woman she would become and at first I wondered if that was because that the heart of the performance would be the older Daphne. But then as the performance went along, I began to realize that there were glimpses of all the Daphne. The Daphne in her 20s, in her early 20s, the Daphne in her 30s, the Daphne in her 40s, the more mature Daphne in her 50s. Each Daphne, in each of these five-year jumps, was so vividly rendered, capturing the arc of maturity with specificity and clarity. that You could really see who Daphne was at this point in Daphne's life. But what Aspiaga was able to do was layer it in such a way that you could see glimpses of the Daphne that was and hints of the Daphne yet to come, not in ways that suggested a looseness, but an incredibly faceted portrayal of a, a person developing and evolving. I don't know if Daphne's the heart of the play or if Ruby's the heart of the play. It's The it's love story is indeed the love story between the two of them as, as adoptive mother and daughter, each of whom recognizes in each other the fact that they hold each other's silence and hold each other's fear and hold each other's pain in ways that they don't entirely understand and probably will never talk about. But this poignancy, this power, this commitment, this relationship is anchored by its evolution over time to watch the rest of the ensemble. They do it too. Carlos Gomez playing the role of Acosta who begins as the sort of local developer who slowly rises up through city and state government. His wife, Inez, who who we first meet when she's just settling into her new house in the suburbs. And the one character who doesn't really evolve is Jen, who's the activist played played by K.K. Mogi. She's the one that perhaps changes the least from scene to scene, but she is the one whose blazing constancy is something that defines everybody else in the room. I'm not sure if that's an appropriate way to describe Jen, but under Tommy Cale's direction. The production is staged in alley style, so there's two banks of seats, really quite close on either side of the stage. And so you really feel like you are in the bar. You're looking into the bar from two sides. One issue I had, I don't know if it's an issue of composition on Who Does His Part or a staging on Kale's. There is only one scene that doesn't take place in the bar, and in this staging that was a little bit confusing. And I wonder about that scene. But the actors made it work, and... Watching this ensemble and execute this play under Tommy Kill's deft stewardship was, was a delight and primarily because this is a Hudes, a playwright of formidable gifts seems to be entering into a an interesting phase of maturity as a writer. There's a sense of clarity and purpose that this play is on its way to another play and it's exciting to watch a work especially for a playwright like this who's beginning her residency at Signature. I don't know that we'll return to this bar. I don't know that we'll return to these characters but I have a suspicion we will return to this question, this idea of ensemble, of women in relationship to each other. And this is exciting to see. I also have to say that one of the great delights is watching the incredible wig and hair design uh, by Robert Charles Wallace. This is a, pl- a play that understands that women's lives are lived through their hair. And going through two decades, especially with a character like Inez, was just giddy. I knew after, after Daphne Rubin-Vega's second entrance, I knew that every time Inez would come in, it would be a delight to see what her hair would be like this time. And it did not disappoint. But even more, the simple, elegant, and so right transformation of Daphne's hair. Watching character in hair on these women, it was, it was a thrill to watch these performances. It was a thrill to see them supported by the excellent artistry of Robert Charles Wallace's hair and wig. Because really, great actresses, great wigs, a great play written by a Latina playwright, I don't know if I could ask for anything more. And that's what Stinky Lulu has to say about Daphne's Dive by Chiara alegria Hudes, featuring extraordinary work by an ensemble that includes Carlos Gomez, K.K. Mogi, Daphne Ruben Vega, Matt Saldivar, Gordon Joseph Weiss, Samira Wiley, and led by the remarkable Vanessa Aspiaga. And also featuring awesome wigs by Robert Charles Wallace. All is presented at New York's Signature Theatre in the months of April, May, and June of 2016. As always, thanks so much for listening. If you of something you would like to say to stinky lulu i'm at stinky lulu on twitter and instagram or if you like email stinky lulu at gmail.com and really if you have feedback suggestions questions requests contestations whatever i'm always interested to hear them. no promises that i'll respond but i do promise that i am always interested to know what you're thinking about what stinky lulu says so until the next time think through the performances you have seen most recently think of the one performance that did what theater performances do performing not because somebody will be watching, not because they're at center stage, but performing just in case somebody's watching. Because really, watching, acting at the edges, is one of the truest pleasures of going to the theater. At least, that's what Stinky Lulu says.